Welcome back to Coffee with Innovate Finance, a podcast series where we are speaking with experts from the industry on the changing face of financial services and the future of fintech and financial innovation. I'm Rashi Pandey, Head of Partnerships, and I'm very pleased to welcome Luke Jurani, who is the Chief Commercial Officer at Morand, who's joining us for a discussion on balancing cash and inclusion. Thank you so much for joining us today, Luke. Thanks for having me. So being a bin sponsor, issuer, and acquirer with an e-money license, Morand is an enabler of fintech innovation to many. So can you give us a brief overview of Morand and the solutions you offer? Sure. Um, so, so I guess we, we consider ourselves as a B2B payment service provider, uh, and I guess it's more in the sort of B2B2B stroke B2B2C space. Um, so, so we'll work with a, a whole series of different sort of um, anything ranging from a, a bank to a brand new sort of uh, startup fintech yeah. uh, who's looking to offer to, to the market some kind of payments product and, and, and needs access to whether it be the card scheme sort of from an issuing point of view um, so sort of operating as a bin sponsor or whether uh, it, it's more generic sort of e-money services that don't necessarily need a card we've invested heavily in uh, a digital banking platform which is sort of what some refer to as banking light, agency banking oh, okay. uh, for, for yeah. uh, access to sort of non-card payments. Uh, and then uh, as an extension of our card scheme access, we're, we're uh, also investing in uh, developing some acquiring solutions for a number of our clients as well. So um, yeah, I guess a whole different series of fintechs of, of different shapes and sizes and different stages in the life cycles yeah. will use us to um, bring their products to life. No, but that's great because then you can cater to a lot of different needs of uh, a lot of the fintechs who are out there. Um, so yeah. that's, that's great to know. So being in the payment space, of course, it's hard not to talk about cash and inclusion. So you have been a huge advocate on ensuring that there is a balance between going completely cashless as a society and keeping inclusion in mind. So why do you think cash is still important to our society and why should we be protecting it? Yeah, well, I mean, it's one of those ones where um, we almost contradict ourselves because clearly we, yeah. we're very incentivized, very interested in yeah. digital payments, card payments, and, and it's our reason for being really is to kind of make that more accessible, more mainstream, and uh, I, I guess uh, allow sort of more slick solutions for, for, for consumers and yeah. businesses alike to be able to uh, sort of use modern payments and, and um, clearly in recent times and especially with uh, I guess COVID and, and, and a lot of the kind of um, health factors that, that people have been advocating card payments we've really seen that as a, a very strong catalyst and I guess like any period of change and and and, and any any kind of evolution in, in society and user behaviors it's it's mm. always worth reminding ourselves that there is a segment of the population that um, will we'll take time to adapt and, and may never of even course. adapt really but there may be user cases where uh, cash will always have its place and, and um, the, the, yeah there needs to be some kind of recognition of, of, of some need to understand that during the period of let's call it transition but yeah, uh, yeah we, 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 we've certainly I, I guess from a contingency point of view as well that the, 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 there's sort of technical reasons why um, cash may be there as a bit of an insurance policy, a fallback, um, whether that be sort of terminals not working, cards not working, processes yeah. going down. Yeah. There's all sorts of reasons why you, you could potentially be stranded. And, um, and, and also kind of and, and the main one, which I guess 
uh, sort of probably pulls on the heartstrings of governments and uh, lobbyists alike is uh, uh, parts of society that just simply don't have access to cash, whether that mm -hmm. Um, so, so, sort of elderly and certainly the poorest in society. Of course. So, so what solutions do you offer at Morvand that try and enable both, you know, keeping cash in mind as well as those digital modern solutions you just mentioned? Yeah, well, I mean, there's two sides to, to, to the puzzle, really, I guess. One is on the um, sort of recognizing the, the, the consumers and what we've alluded to before in terms of the poorest in society and uh, latency, etc., where uh, E-money has always been kind of the um, sort of not the silver bullet, but it's certainly been the the, the, the kind of um, it's identified a position where um, sort, sort of digital banking or alternative banking or banking light, whatever you want to call it, for yeah. E-money products that um, are more accessible to, to sort of let's say people with a poor credit history or, or migrants or um, certainly the more vulnerable in society. That that that's sort of certainly. Uh, one area and obviously e-money has been the the, the, the innovator that, that, that or the platform that's been used for a lot of the innovations that have tried to address some of the yeah. uh, I guess reasons why people continue to use cash i.e. budgeting tools and, and, and functionality like this where fintechs have really invested and demonstrated how you can do it digitally as well as sort of by counting coins or uh, whatever uh, sort of is, is, is driving people to not want to move away from cash so there's it's always been that because on that side and that's what we kind of enable our clients to be able to take to market is is use sort of our e-money license, use our platforms, gain access to the scheme without needing to be a member with MasterCard or UnionPay or whoever it be. Um, and um, we, we kind of power some of these sort of alternative banking solutions that are being taken to, to the consumers and uh, are trying to sort of um, reach the migrant workers or whoever it be. So we've got a number of programs actually that uh, we're expecting to be able to announce sort of launches between now and the end of the year that um, okay. Some of them are specifically looking at sort of migrant workers, well, one in particular, and then um, a, a handful that are uh, also, I guess, looking at sort of people who may have a, a poor credit history and uh, sort of may struggle to sort of walk into a branch of HSBC and jump through the steps to sort of gain a bank account. Yeah. So that, that, that's one side of the equation, I guess, is the uh, consumer, the end user, but equally, um, we, we've talked a lot and sort of there's a lot of recognition in the market and initiatives to try and help um, the, the, the businesses and, and certainly kind of the smaller and micro businesses that yes. um, may just not be able to access, access card payments or, or accept card payments, probably all the word. Um, and um, certainly COVID is, is kind of highlighted where um, sort of the, the, the street seller selling coffees sort of uh, yeah. when people aren't carrying cash or, or sort of they wouldn't necessarily be able to uh, open a bank account with a business bank account with the right banks and, and set up an acquiring relationship and cover the costs of expensive terminals on the long lease yeah. or whatever it be uh, more traditional sort of uh, acquiring solutions wouldn't necessarily work for them so we we also kind of I guess power um, sort of um, some PSPs people like that who would be uh, taking some interesting offerings to 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 market, and I guess tying in with a lot of what sort of um, PayPal's been doing, and and, and yeah. I guess um, recent announcement, Mastercard. I can't remember what they called it. It was there was the uh, sort of new terminals that they partnered with in in Europe. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I've lost the lost the name of it. But yeah. There was an announcement last week um, that that Mastercard has been working on an initiative and signed a, an agreement there. So that 
MPOS and different technology developments that have often been on e-money and alternative acquirers such as ourselves. So that's uh, another side of the puzzle that we, we try and help fix. No, that, that's great to hear. And actually, I was, you know, planning to ask you, you know, how cashlessness can have a negative impact on small businesses. Um, is there anything else you would like to add to it? No, I mean, I think the technology that we've, we've just kind of mentioned there, but then I suppose equally from a, a cost point of view, the, the, the financials, the economics of uh, taking card payments. Uh, I guess there is probably a, a tipping point where a bigger business that has to worry about sort of um, uh, employees sort of going in branch to to take cash, etc. Where the economics yeah. maybe the balances maybe tip to saying, well, actually, electronic payments are more viable. Whereas the smaller end of the business, um, uh, business, the smaller end of businesses, I guess, sort of micro and smaller SMEs, sort of they, they, they might sort of certainly a one man band who. Uh, he just puts the money in his personal account anyway and yeah. uh, uses it to pay his bills. It's probably not such a big deal. And actually the cost of taking on paying for a terminal and taking on a, an acquirer relationship and having to wait several days yeah. to see the money, that might actually feel more like a, a net loss to, to, to his income yeah. as opposed to yeah. the, the, the sort of medium to bigger end of the business. It's great to hear, though, your thoughts on this and, and, you know, how this is so important to protect micro businesses, actually. And a lot of people mm -hmm. uh, forget, uh, tend to forget about them. And it's a huge segment, actually, of our society, the society we live in. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it's especially as we, sorry. No, no, yes, I was going to yes. say, I mean, especially, especially as kind of we, we, we kind of approach sort of uh, what's potentially sort of another big recession and, and yeah. Um, a, a lot of the kind of governments sort of recognize that sort of uh, entrepreneurs and, and self-employment sort of in a, a time when the labor market's not great is kind of somehow the way out. It's, it's, it sort of increases that demand for um, sort of the, the one-man bands that would have otherwise been considered as a lifestyle business mm -hmm. to be yeah. uh, so sort of a, a, an intricate part of the economy and recovery. So, um, yeah, it's... More relevant than ever, I guess. That is true. That is true. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your thoughts on that front. Um, but then it's also like, you know, we mentioned it's almost like a double edged sword as well, right? Because, I mean, you've said that consumers also who prefer to be anonymous also tend to use cash just to, you know, so that they, because they just want to protect their identity. And obviously we must respect that. But it kind of defeats the purpose of fintechs trying to create a transparent financial services ecosystem. So how do you think we can balance both? Yeah, well, well, I mean, I, I guess sort of, sort of a, a lot of the kind of the things we talk about, sort of about um, anonymity and things like that. I mean, there's different interpretations, but I, I suppose sort of yeah. people who don't really want to be putting um, card details in, into a website might sort of consider uh, sort of that as something where the, the, the really there's a driver there to, to, to not be putting personal information online and sure. not be um, but 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 I mean in terms of websites and things like that you, you're giving a delivery address anyway you're not gonna but the, there is sort of some data on there and obviously money is kind of used to uh, give people a secondary card that they can use to to, to be putting into uh, websites and obviously increasingly with open banking sort of alternative payment methods that don't even involve cards it can be ways yeah. of uh, initiating those payments. Mm -hmm. So paying for goods and services online, I guess, sort of e-money and prepaid cards are, are sort of 
quite commonly used where we, there's this technology there to be able to create a unique card number for every transaction or a one-off card that can expire at midnight to yeah. uh, avoid giving fraudsters access to the, the bank account that's used to pay rent and, and mortgages and everything else that sort of a lot of people are, are sensitive to. I guess the other side of anonymity would be sort of people just not still not comfortable with the idea of lifting out a card and, and, and displaying a PAN number with maybe somebody looking over your shoulder and uh, sort of t typing a PIN number into a keypad and uh, everything that goes with it. But I mean, obviously the, the contactless limit sort of increasing as a sort of remove or reduce the number of transactions that people would need to do uh, where they'd have to be uh, putting mm. the PIN in and uh, so, sort of maybe what what they'd have considered as a point of friction before um certainly mobile wallets and and uh, most merchants sort of accepting sort of uh, apple pay and yeah. uh google pay and um samsung pay payments and as well as proprietary wallets sort of with no kind of upper ceiling on the value of the transactions so that's sort of and, and not to mention wearables that we, we, we sort of uh are a bit ad, big advocate of where the, the, there is no there are no card details to display it's all sort of mm using that contactless threshold and not sharing a card so it's it's somehow sort of i guess address addressing what might have otherwise been considered as a an area of friction where people just felt very sensitive about i mean it is quite an alien concept to really sort of put on a till counter in a busy store uh, a card that's linked to the the bank account that you rely on to pay the bills to pay uh, for your groceries to yeah, yeah. pay the mortgage payments and everything else so um I, I, I can kind of understand why um, sort of that one debit card linked to that primary bank account sort yeah. of might, might sort of feel like something that cash was a layer away from that. But there's lots of other ways yeah. of, of moving away from no, that. Of course. And I think the millennial generation is uh, now with the wallet with, you know, five cards. And then yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's once it. Once you travel, and you know, <laughs> and once for expenses, and you know, once that's for your salary, etc. Oh, it of is course. it is changing. We'll probably see a lot more virtual cards, um, as you mentioned. And um, it's good if the millennials are doing that, not just on credit cards, right? <laughs> yes, that is equally important, actually. That is very. <laughs> so, in the face of COVID nineteen. You know, because it is it is an unprecedented time we are living in right now. What do you think have been the greatest lessons learned at Morand, and what are the biggest opportunities for fintechs, especially as we are moving towards a more digital way of living, um, and especially for you guys with payments? What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, I guess for Morand specifically, um, we have to kind of thank our blessings and sort of recognize how fortunate we are in the sense that. Um, we're not sort of particularly reliant on a particular sector or a particular consumer activity. We're a, an early stage business that's growing. We're an enabler that can power sort of fintechs that are working in, in several different segments, some of which would probably actually benefit from COVID. Yeah. And generally as an industry, uh, obviously we are uh, sort of deeply embedded in sort of encouraging card payments and, and the growth in e-commerce and everything else that, that, that sort of somehow the silver lining of COVID, if I can call it that. So, as as a company, we've 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 sort of enjoyed a a good year still, and and we've been very impressed how how brilliantly everyone's just seamlessly moved from uh, office based working to working from home, and yeah. loving the fact that we spread out across three different offices in three different countries, and even a couple of remote workers in the mix. That it means that um, it, it was quite standard practice. We're already geared up for it. 
um, from a, a client point of view, obviously we've seen different programs that have impacted to different degrees uh, in, in terms of, um, you know, I guess the first one was uh, sort of, I guess, travel where uh, sort of we have some programs that are deeply sort of embedded in the, 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 the travel uh, market and obviously the, the, the drop in uh, airline travel and uh, everything else that happened early in the year, starting in Asia as well, which we have sort of um, one program in particular that's uh, very, very correlated to activities in Asia and the travel sector. So that was the perfect okay. storm for them, really. Yeah. Um, other programs that are linked to airlines, sort of such as uh, Rev, they, they, they provide a card for uh, SAS uh, airlines for Nordic travelers. So the, these kinds of programs, I mean, are obviously uh, impacted by it and, and what we've seen um, in, in their sort of very mature uh, and, and, and I guess sort of reactive stroke pre proactive response to mm. uh, what's happening around them is um, uh, being able to adapt the business model look at user cases where yeah. uh, they can still continue to grow and, and uh, how the, the, they can also extend into other markets other uh, user cases and that's 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 certainly been key to the ones that we've seen do do well during during these times and mm. um, yeah so so I guess that, that that's probably where we've we've, we've seen uh, the, the fintechs sort of, uh, I, I guess, um, embracing change and, and making the best of what, what what is a tragic situation for the world, really. I think I think it helps as well uh, to be a lean organization, which I think a lot of fintechs are. Um, that, well, that's it. This is yeah. the, the sort of more agile than than the bigger banks. Definitely, and and, yeah. And yeah. and I guess from a marketing point of view as well, we've we've, we've sort of seen some great um, sort of PR. Uh, with uh, the likes of K-Ring uh, that, that we work with and, and uh, it, it's almost sort of it's never really been particularly high as their agenda point sort of talk yeah. about sort of uh, contactless and hygiene it's it's been more about sort of convenience and, and cool whereas you know clearly the, 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 there's a whole sort of yeah. other burning platform that, that is encouraging people to want to use a, a wearable it's 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 kind of as well, uh, I guess maybe we're sort of a little bit biased because we have more attention based on the fact we work with K-Ring, but yeah. I, I guess a lot more interest from fintechs looking at different form factors and seeing how the, the, the market's embracing them. I think we all will get very creative. <laughs> yeah. So is sure. there any more exciting news on the horizon for Murvan we should be aware of? Yeah, well, well, I mean, certainly between now and the end of the year, uh, we, we, we will have sort of um, quite a few announcements that it would probably be a bit amiss for me to talk about right now. But um, we, we've got a lot of new programs going live. We've, we've, uh, our core business still is very much around sort of card issuance and, and okay. um, uh, so, so sort of, I guess, bin sponsorship, as we call it. So it's, it's sort of card related programs. And within that, we've, we, we've got a, a number of very shiny new programs coming to market. We've got a, uh, a number of um, migrations from uh, Wirecard and, and, and other yeah. issuers that are, are coming to Morewand, which is uh, so, so sort of exciting to, to be working with some more established programs. We, we've been investing quite heavily in um, a, a, an initiative, a product, a platform that we launched at the beginning of the year, uh, a digital banking platform. And uh, the, there's a number of I guess our existing card programs that we'll be bringing in this sort of uh, digital banking functionality uh, sort of additional payment methods into their card programs and then a number of clients that will be uh, launching some uh, sort of non-card related sort of digital banking products to market and 
um, uh, we continue to invest in our acquiring. So they're, they're probably the main announcements, I think, for a lot to, coming to up. the end of the year. Yeah, yeah no, well, that, that's a lot a of announcements <laughs> in the next yeah. few months. So let's close on your experience as you know the chief commercial officer at Morwand. If you had one piece of advice for a fintech executive right now, what would it be? I mean, we mentioned before how uh, we've we've seen a lot of the fintechs sort of um, uh, doing very well to sort of make good of a bad situation really yeah. I mean COVID nobody would say it's a good thing and clearly sort of it's 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 horrible and, and not nice to think that it's uh continuing and it's going to go on and on for a while by all accounts yeah. so um you know all, all this is very negative but I mean um the, the 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 I think like any business in in a lot of industries but even more so in, in fintech and, and more one has to do this as well uh, I think kind of um responding to sort of changes in the market sort of um seizing new opportunities and identifying uh new, new niches and really just being very agile is, is is kind of um i guess the key to a lot of our client success and and one success as well um so yeah i mean that's 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 probably the the, the kind of main the main success factor that, that i think kind of works with more on this yeah. is sort of obviously our more motivated teams and as being very agile and, and being very kind of um, open for business, not not just uh, sort of, I don't know what you call it, pigeonholed into a yeah. particular thing and continuing to persist down something which might be a dead end or a rabbit warren or whatever you want to call it. Um, so yeah, that, that agility and dynamism, I think. Nice. I like, I like that, you know, be open for business. So thank yeah. you. Thank you so much, Luke, for speaking with us today. And we can't wait to see, you know, a lot more, you know, shiny new programs coming your way. Please keep us posted. I'm sure our listeners would like to know that as well. So thank you once again. Thank you very much, Rashi. It's been great <laughs> speaking to you. Thank you. Thank you, Luke. And to all our listeners, thank you once again for tuning into Coffee with Innovate Finance. Do look out for upcoming episodes and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn if you don't already for more on our events and programs. And as always, until next time, take care and goodbye.